And from underneath a big, bright February full moon, you're listening to The Outdoor Show. Glad to have you with us. And this morning we have an answer to a question a lot of you have been asking now for months. When will the new speckled trout regulations start? Well, the short answer is they won't. We'll tell you about the long answer a little bit later on. It also raises a, a question I have for you. Do you agree with Louisiana legislators that the best action to deal with an overfished speckled trout population for now is to do nothing? Text your response along with your shared fishing and hunting reports, your comments, and your questions to 504-260-1870. That number again is 504-260-1870. We'll also share with you some of our live reports from our pros and congratulations to one of them on a big tournament win. And speaking of tournaments, if you're on your way to bass fish in the Atchafalaya and Verrett Basin, it's not too late to sign up for the Fishing for Tucker Benefit event. It's going on at Dwaron's Landing in Stevensville. They'll sign you up there. It's a great tournament and a great cause. This week will not be the first time that one of our bad boys of the outdoors hits close to home and this happens to be one of them. A well-known fishing, hunting charter guide who's been heard on this show has run afoul with the law, and we'll tell his story in today's second hour. Also, are you a mushroom lover? You know, it kind of breaks down to you either love them or hate them, those mushrooms. Well, if you love them, and maybe if you don't, we can convert you. Uh, check out our Bayou Wild TV feature. Kicks off season 10 this week. It's called Foraging the Pearl. We venture into the Pearl River Wildlife Management Area and do some mushroom collecting and cooking. Check it out. BayouWildTV.com. You can find a local station near you. Or as always, you can watch it on YouTube. If you're heading out this morning, it's going to be chilly. Got a good chilly start. And then we have a small craft advisory for the Gulf and the lakes. That probably will be canceled a little bit later today as those winds will subside. Directions change a little bit. But today, offshore, you're looking at east winds 10 to 15, 3 to 5 foot seas offshore. On the interior lakes and bays, those east 10 to 15 knot winds will create a moderate chop. Tomorrow, look a little better. Northeast winds 5 to 10 offshore. That'll generate about 3 foot seas. And on the interior lakes and bays tomorrow, northeast and north winds 5 to 10 knots and a light job. Your average tide range, shots uh, moving pretty well, 1.1. And the Mississippi River, yeah, the old muddy Mississippi's on the rise, 8.5 on the New Orleans gauge and has a tendency to rise. All right, so we got lots to talk about. Hunting seasons are just about wrapped up. Got some small game through the end of this month if you're a rabbit, squirrel, snipe, uh, quail hunter. But for the most part, the big seasons, uh, deer season kind of winding down. There's a few areas that are still open. And also we've got uh, some goose season goes in the conservation order. And by the way, today, if you're in the east zone of Louisiana, veterans, honorably discharged veterans and youth have a special one-day hunt today. So you might want to take advantage of that. Uh, checking our text message, we got the backstrap stacker. He's in Clark County, Alabama. <clears throat> he says, last full weekend of deer season, the weather's right. The big bucks are still showing up and roaming, and he's wishing good luck to everyone in the woods and on the water. 
Same here. Good luck to you, Backstrap. Hope you can stack some of it up. We come back after this. We head to Shell Beach, to Campos Marina, where Robbie Campos standing by to give you the latest fishing information for what they call the Paris St. Bernard. Back with Robbie's report after this three-minute pause, where you're listening to The Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, let's check in with our friend Robbie Campbell down at Campos Marina in Shell Beach. Good morning, Robbie. A little chilly morning down there, but going to be some pretty blue skies, which we haven't seen for a while. How's the fishing been this week? Uh, you know, it is February, so, you know, it's not always the best. Uh, and, and and not many people fish. You know, we had real foggy conditions here all week, so it was it made fishing really, really tough this week for people to get out. Um, and yesterday we had that front come through. It was blowing 20 miles an hour here most of the day, and that made it even tougher. So, but but this morning, I tell you, it's uh, the wind has switched the directions. Now it's coming out of the northeast. Uh, the water is up pretty good. Um, so I don't think you have no problems running around. If you want to go up in the marshes today, you shouldn't have any problems with that. But, I mean, you're going to have to find some clean water today. That's going to be your key today is you have to find clean water after this front has passed and made everything, you know, a, a big dirt bowl because the water yesterday was so dirty here. I mean, you could you could just scoop it up in a bucket and see the mud in the bottom of the bucket after, you know, after it was uh, after it would settle. Yeah, that sounds pretty tough conditions for sure. I do have a good tide range, though, so the water's going to be moving. Um, what's the bait situation down there? Well, our bait situation is pretty much the same as it's been for the last couple of weeks. <clears throat> um, we've just been on dead bait only. We have our our, our frozen shrimp that we packaged throughout the summer. Uh, we do not have any live bait. Um, there's only very few places that have some live shrimp. I was told this, I don't know this to be true, but make some phone calls people that Sweetwater has some uh, some live shrimp and Eddie Pinto's has some live shrimp and Regalese Marina has uh, three places that I heard had some, um, but you're going to make some, you're going to have to make some phone calls to find out if they have them or not. If you wanted to fish with live shrimp today, uh, there's still no shrimp on the east side of the river here, over here uh, dying to catch yet. So, I mean, you know, as soon as they show up, believe me, we'll have them. But, when, you know, we we just we just wait for them to show up. Got it. Robbie, anything else before you wrap up here? Well, uh, Don, you know, this is a great time of year. A lot of people don't even think about this stuff. Um <laughs> I had several people here the last couple of days with dead batteries. Uh, oh, man, the battery was good last time I used the boat. Do your maintenance on your boat while you can this time of the year. It's February. Fishing's slow. You're not really missing a whole lot. Get your maintenance done on your boat. And if you don't have a CTO membership, get one. Because, um, you know, you don't want to be broke down out there at this time of year or any time of the year. If you don't have a CTO membership, for a couple of dollars it costs to get one. It's a peace of mind and an insurance policy that you, you'll get back to the dock, and I suggest everybody have it. And, and they even have roadside assistance. It might cost a couple more dollars to get the roadside assistance, but, I mean, if you build a bearing on the trailer or whatever, I mean, flat tires, whatever, it's definitely worth the money to get it. Uh, Christian and uh, Christian Alfanello runs a great uh, deal with this, with this um, with CTO, so call them up and get it. 
Yeah, no doubt. Uh, it's just like uh, homeowners or flood insurance. You hope you don't ever have to use it, but if you do, you're certainly glad that you do have it because you can ask anybody that's had to pay the regular rates for tow-ins, and believe me, they are definitely sorry they did not sign up for CETO. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, but you know, if it's two hundred bucks or whatever it is, even with the roadside assistance, uh, or what, it's it, it's it's just a peace of mind, Don. If you're going to get back in and you're going to be safe, and uh, you know, it's, you know, so if you don't have it, get your maintenance done right now. This time of the year, people go through go go through the boat, go get batteries done. Or even if you have to bring it in somewhere and have it done, if you're not mechanically inclined, just go take it somewhere, get it done. Have all your water pumps changed. This is the perfect time of year to do this stuff. So, you know, you're not really missing anything in the fishing, you know, in fishing down here because it's not much happening. You know, February is a tough month. So get all that stuff worked out. Get all the bugs out of your boat and get ready because we've got better days to come. That's the best tip you gave all morning, Robbie. Thanks so much, my <laughs> friend. We appreciate it. We'll check in with you next week. And, Don, if you can, if you get a chance today, uh, could you talk about the uh, speckled trout regulations and what it's going to be? Because I'm getting a ton of phone calls about this. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it has uh, not uh, changed yet that I know of, but um, you know, just just if you could, I'm listening. I want to hear what you you know what your thoughts are on this uh, on this thing. Also, yeah, right about five thirty, I'm going to do that. Uh, I was privy to the whole conversation, and uh, the short answer is nothing's going to change, and we don't know when if it ever will. But I'll cover all of that, and I know a lot of people have been asking. Thanks again, Robbie. Right. We'll have to catch up okay, with you buddy. later. Okay, buddy. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. All right. Robbie Campo. Go see him down at Campo's Marina, Shell Beach. Got everything you need plus information. All right, we got some text messages coming, and this one says, Boats won at Youth Veterans Hunt at St. Landry Parish. Uh, hope you're getting to take part in it. If you're a veteran, maybe you got a youth with you, and get those late-season ducks. Uh, here's one that wants to wish good luck to the drivers in the CNS Truck Driver Challenge today in Hammond. That's from our friend, The Worm. And we got a thank you from uh, the old snake doctor checking in. Uh, thanks for promoting our New Orleans Fly Fisher Expo. It was a big success. I'm certainly glad to hear that. All right, we come back after this. More text messages. Freshwater fishing report. It's going to be better than the salt water, I can tell you that with our buddy Jeff Brule. That's coming up. we got more fishing reports. And I am going to tell you the story of what's going on with Louisiana's speckled trout regulations. All that's still to come. You found it. It's the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. And it's time for our Bass and Freshwater Fishing Report with Jeff Brule. It's brought to you by Pure Fishing, distributors of Spiderwire, which is now the most abrasion-resistant conventional braided line by introducing their Dura Braid, which is 25% tougher than conventional braided line. You can get it in moss green from 6 to 80-pound test. Dura Braid backs up its claim as the toughest braided line in fishing, producing even stronger knots and unequaled shock absorbency. Check it out, Dura Braid by Pure Fishing. Jeff Brill joins us now. And, uh, Jeff, uh, you know, everybody's going to be listening to you intently because saltwater fishing this month, as a rule, you can you can catch a few fish, but it's the toughest month of the year. But freshwater fishing can be good. What's going on on the freshwater scene? I've been getting a few reports from the Manchac area, which is good news. Uh, there's a few nice fish being caught from Rudock to Manchac. It's taken some time since Hurricane Ida kind of wiped the fishing population out over there, but it's improving. 
and hopefully with a good spawn this year, the, the bass population and some of the other freshwater fish, they'll bounce right right back. And going forward, hopefully no storms. There'll be good fishing over there again like it used to be. Uh, but the reports are Texas rigs, uh, kind of the way to go. The fish are scattered, so you kind of kind of keep moving and hunting until you find a good drain or point-holding fish. But, again, they are catching some fish over in that area. So um, hopefully they'll start having a few tournaments again and we can get a little better handle on what size and how many and all that they're catching over there. Well, that recovery from Hurricane Ida in that area is really good news this morning. And we predicted that, but uh, it was just had to wait that period of time for things to get back to normal and hopefully we'll find they are the rest of this uh, spring and summer. Jeff, let's talk about the basin, the Chafalaya, Lake Verrett. we got a lot of fishermen probably listening to us headed down to Dwaron's Landing to fish in the 13th annual Fishing for Tucker Bass Tournament this morning. Uh, what can you tell them about fishing down there? Yeah, it's all about the dead ends this time of year. The river stage is at 3.2 on the Morgan City gauge, so either side is probably going to be an option for these guys this morning. Uh, we've got the full moon coming up, which means that's going to be a good weekend. Yeah, you got your good tide, but also the spawn starts. Uh, seems like the, they're not all the way in the back of the dead ends, but they are staging, so that'd be the thing to do is try to hunt some canals. It's got some decent water in it, especially the ones facing north and south. So it's usually your prime spots this time of year. They start a little earlier than some of the other ones that have some shade during the day. But jigs, uh, floating jerk baits, weightless plastics, uh, those are good things for some of these fish staging up in some of these uh, dead ends. Jeff, I, I covered a lot of ground this week, and every river I cross looked high, swollen, and muddy. Uh, not much future if you're trying to fish rivers this time of the year. No, uh, everything's kind of high and tough. Uh, like you said, the Mississippi's about eight feet. It, it's a long-range prediction as it comes down usually this time first of March, sometimes in April, you'll have a little low period in the, on the Mississippi, but your Pearl River with all the rains we've been having there, they're hot and muddy. So you kind of avoid those areas if you can. If you got to fish a tournament, obviously you hunt around until you find that clean water or maybe a dead end or something like that that's protected. But a lot of times it's just uh, the water's out in the woods, up in the canes, and it just makes it tough fishing. So you got to avoid those if you can. Better days are coming. Uh, just uh, wait your time. Jeff, what's a good bait for bass in this tough month of February, and how do you fish it? Uh, you can start with crankbaits. Sometimes they're good this time of year. Some, some guys will throw red crankbaits this time of year, but any kind of pattern usually works uh, from your flicker shad to your square bull crankbaits. Uh, anything that can kind of cover shallow water to your deep drop-offs, uh, they're good for searching canals. You, know, you can kind of cover a lot of water pretty quickly. Uh, you have your, like, your slope and S cranking down the middle of the bayou, and then you get your square bill crankbaits around the wood cover up on the bank. And that just can produce a lot of fish. Um, you try to match your rod and your line up, depending on what kind of cover and depth you're fishing. I like the, the light spinning rod set up for the tight wobble-type crankbaits that you kind of throw down the middle of the bayou, and then a medium-heavy casting set up for more of your kind of bump and cover type square bills because uh, you, you need a little bit of backbone to get those fish out of some of that wood. But that, that's kind of the two things I'll start when I'm scouting or searching this time of year is crankbaits. And like I said, just to, just to cover a lot of more water than you can with just flipping and dragging baits on the bottom. Jeff, February kind of kicks off the bass tournament season. We talked about the fishing for Tucker going on at Dwarons down in 
Stevensville. Uh, what other tournaments are coming up this month? Uh, you got Lunkers and Liars, February 26th on East Pearl. It's $50 per event. Um, and then if anybody's got tournaments and needs to get them on the calendar, just contact us through your Don the Outdoors guy site. We'll be more than happy to talk about them on the radio. Boy, I sure hope that river drops by the 26th. It's time for it to happen as long as we don't get a whole bunch more rain this month. Yeah, those guys know that place over there. They they can get in them small boats and get up in some of those uh, bayous and stuff. And then they are catching some decent fish on the Pearl, but just for just a recreational day to go over there, just when the river's high and muddy, it just makes it really, really tough. And you always got the marsh down there, except sometimes those big reds get in your way down there. <laughs> yep. You know, yeah, but that's always fun, too. Yeah, the kind of thing pulling on the line is always fun on a day like today, especially in February. Fishing's always tough down there. Yes, it is. Jeff, thanks so much for the report. We appreciate it. Stay warm, and we'll catch up with you next time. Thanks, Don. All right, that is Jeff Brule, our bass and freshwater field reporter. His reports are brought to you by Berkeley, a division of pure fishing. All right, coming back after this, I'm going to explain to you, if you have not heard, what went on at the Louisiana Joint National Resource, Natural Resources Committee hearing when the Department of Wildlife and Fisheries presented their notice of intent to change the speckled trout regs. What happened? Not much. Back to tell you about it right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, checking our text message board. It says, Don, it sounds like you outside under that full moon. Well, you see what happened. I was out partying all night, and I didn't get back here to the studio quite in time, so I had to start the broadcast off in route, and now I'm back in the studio. It should sound good or, or something like that anyway. All right, also, <laughs> got some more texts coming in. Uh, Ed uh, Miller over in Wilmer, Alabama. He's working around the house in a cool 31 degrees over there this morning. Yeah, it's chilly out there. All right, here's one that's going to pick up the pro drives in Pecan Island, bringing them back home. We were in Pecan Island. When I say we, our Bayou Wild TV crew, we were over at Rockefeller Wildlife Wet Refuge with Matthew Waggis back. We were being uh, shown by Scooter with Department of Wildlife and Fisheries uh, some of the shoreline stabilization and what it's done over there for that refuge and the habitat over there. And I got to tell you, it is loaded with ducks in the Rockefeller Refuge. Maybe not so much outside, but inside. It was chock-a-block. We also uh, whacked some redfish there behind a dam, too. Well, it was really good fishing there. You'll see that on an upcoming uh, episode of Bayou Wild TV. All right, we got a note. The Punch Train Retriever Hunting Club is sponsoring a UKC hunt test today and tomorrow, 7 a.m. till. It's going to be in the Bonnie Carries Fillway on the Norco side. Uh, you can see lots of retrievers of all skill level test to a standard. Spectators is free. That's interesting. Might want to make a little trip out there to check that out. And Big E from Thibodeau took his three granddaughters to the stock pond in Homer last Saturday. They loved it. They saw bald eagles, and they loved being with their old papa and their beautiful Grammy. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, not only did it, was it a great time for you, Big E, uh, they will remember that for a long, long time. Those are the things that kind of stick in the memory. All right, and then I have this one. Uh, good morning, Don. I just finished watching the video of the presentation by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries biologists in regards to the changing trout limits to the state. Why are we spending money on their salaries and research to have the politicians shoot down their proposals? It's all about the science, right? If the stocks do get low enough, I suppose the reduction in harvest will probably be inevitable regardless of a regulation change. That's from our regular listener, Smokey. 
Well, I had this conversation at dinner last night with some people, and I was telling them that uh, it's tough to be a biologist. You, you study, you get enthusiastic, you want to do the right thing for resources, but politics can really bust your bubble, and uh, I saw that happen to Jason Adrians. And right after this quick 10-second pause, I'm going to be back to tell you what transpired at the Louisiana Joint Natural Resources Committee meeting when they were listening to a presentation on changing speckle trout regulations. We'll do that right after we let our local stations identify themselves on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. This Wednesday, the Louisiana Joint Natural Resources Committee and our legislature in Baton Rouge heard a presentation by the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries on the notice of intent that regarding changing the speckled trout regs to a 13-and-a-half-inch minimum size and 15 per person per day. State biologist Jason Adriance and attorney Cole Garrett told that committee that after nearly four years, this goes back to 2019 of data collection, coastwide public hearings, online and email public surveys, you guys all participated in it. This was all in order to reduce the speckled trout catch by 20% as a remedy for the lowest biomass count ever. The department commissioners had chosen from a variety of regulation options, and they were looking for approval to implement that 13.5, 15 per person day regulation. Some of the legislators raised questions whether there were other solutions besides reducing the recreational catch. They asked whether the estimation of the 10% release mortality was an accurate number, and if no size limit in 15 fish might work. They asked if the minuscule commercial catch needed to be reduced and if the 15-fish limit with a 12-inch size would achieve the goal. Apparently, the legislators did not like any of the answers, and subsequently there was a motion by Senator Bob Henschens of Vermillion and Acadia Parishes to declare the proposed rule as unusable. That passed with no opposition, and now the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries has been sent back to the drawing board. No change in the regulations. Where do we go from here? Your thoughts. Do you agree with the legislators or do you disagree? That was uh, one of the workable solutions that the public gave its biggest nod to go ahead with, and the legislators, in their wisdom, saw to shoot it down. That's why I'm saying it's tough to be a biologist. you got to have a thick skin. All right, 504-260-1870, that's our text line. By the way, if you're interested in in maybe what they brought up about the commercial take, there are only 10 individuals in the entire state that still hold a rod and reel license to catch and sell speckled trout. And if you go way back, that was part of the deal when they took the nets out. They grandfathered some people in who met the qualifications of being a legitimate tax-paying tax filing commercial fishermen and there are only 10 of them left and as they go away uh, there will be eventually be no commercial fishing but it only represents about 10 percent of the catch they also brought up about the guide limits do the, the guides catch all the speckled trouts that represents a one percent of the total harvest problem we have with speckled trout they are identifying 95 percent of the speckled trout in our population are between one and three years old. Three years and up, which is when you start getting the big trophy trout, the fives, the six, the sevens, and on up, 
only 5% of the population. This was their best shot at changing that and turning it around, and our legislators shot it down. What do you think? Agree, disagree? 504-260-1870. We come back from this break. We're going to catch up with our buddy Mitch Jurisic. I think he probably put his rifle down. He's concentrating on fishing out of the Delta Marina. He's got some reports and info for you. Coming up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, let's take you down to Empire, Louisiana, and talk to Mitch Jurisic at the Delta Marina. And, Mitch, is it safe to say that the Jurisic family has a a freezer full of venison this year? Actually, Don, I did not pull the trigger. (laughs) But That wasn't what I asked you. (laughs) No, 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 no. uh, No, actually, I, I uh, I didn't hunt as much. You know, last time I think you tried to call me, I was actually in the woods finally because, uh, you know, I've been pretty busy lately, and uh, yeah. I wound up in one of them hardwood bottoms, and I did not have service, and you know, and everything. And I was like, "Oh man!" I said, "Can't get my phone won't ring, can't get in touch with you." But that was my last hunt, actually. That that morning was my last morning hunt of the season. I had to get back home and tend to business. You know, I got an extra job now, so oh, trying yeah. to take care, trying to take care of things, trying to trying to get you know settled in, but uh. But actually, I saw a lot of deer. It was, it was, you know, I enjoyed myself. That's kind of my peaceful place now. I could have shot, I could have shot two or three, and and just watched them walk on by, and you know, waiting on that real trophy to walk by. But I didn't get a hunt enough, get to hunt enough days to, to to wait on him. So, but anyway, I still enjoyed myself, and you know, kind of kind of had my mind set on some new new ventures in life and stuff like that. So. Hopefully, uh, come turkey season, I have me a good schedule. I'm not going to miss out on that turkey hunt. I can tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, but there's nothing wrong with being out there with no cell service. Uh, It kind of puts your mind at ease, and you get to think things out when you're sitting in the woods in a peaceful setting like that. There's nothing like it. Well, it's time to talk fishing, though, Uh, although it's February, and it's it's a tough month. What's going on down there around the marina? Well, the red fishing is picking up pretty good. Uh, you know, when you can get out, the weather, you know, of course, the beginning of the week was so foggy, it was like pea soup out there. You couldn't see 100 feet, so that kind of kept people more. They did a lot more bank fishing, but believe, you know, the red fishing has been really, really good now when you can get out. Uh, seems like some of the, you know, that, that, that kind of rebounded a little bit. And, of course, we do get some reports of some nice speckled trout, you know, when they can get out, when the wind's not blowing, and they can fish around them old pilings where them old camps used to be in, in Bay Adams and stuff like that. And actually, uh, one of my guides have been running out towards four bayous and, and catching catching some pretty pretty nice, you know, he's not catching limits, but he's catching a pretty good little mix of trout out that way. When the weather, when the weather cooperates, we've been having a good steady supply of live shrimp which is, you know, still wonderful for this time of year. And, you know, then people, people when they, when they can get out, they're, they're doing pretty well. We have some boats going offshore. Uh, they catching, you know, some, some nice, uh, some nice little catches of pompano and stuff like that. And of course the, you know, we getting ready to get into Wahoo season big time and, and that, you know, people don't realize, you know, Delta Marine is very accessible some, to some of the best Wahoo grounds because the Wahoo really west of the Mississippi River out towards the, you know, towards the canyon out there, really some great fishing west, you know, out of Grand Isle, Fouchon, Empire, 
uh, really good catches of Wahoo getting ready to start up. And I think, you know, within the next week or so, we'll start seeing a lot of, a lot of pictures of Wahoo, Wahoo being caught over towards the, you know, in the West Delta area, you know, west of the river. Mitch, if somebody wants to, to trail their boat to Delta Marina and spend a few days, maybe rent a cabin and fish some of those Wahoo, and, of course, the tuna's going to be out there too. How big a boat can you put in the water there at the marina? Oh, we can we can launch some thirty up to thirty six feet. Depends on the tide, you know, in the mornings. Uh, but usually we can launch. We you know we got some thirty three, thirty one foot contenders and uh, uh, you know so forth that that come in. Uh, I think you know we can we can launch up to thirty thirty three feet. You know, so it's not not too bad. It depends on the tide. Of course, if it's really low, I can barely launch a darn bay boat sometimes. But we're working on our ramp. We're going to actually we need to put a few more rocks at the end of our ramp, you know, get some loads of uh, some limestone and, and kind of beef up that. Because what happens where the cement ends when people put their boats on a trailer, they tend to wash those uh, wash out a little hole, you know, by throttling their motor up. And uh, if you hit that ramp wrong, you know, your trailer will fall off on it. For the most part, we haven't had too much trouble lately uh, with people doing that. You know, if they stay in, in their lane, they, they don't have any issues because we do have rocks at the end of the ramp. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's been pretty, you know, we can launch pretty good-sized boats there. Yeah, well, it's not a big issue to, to get those uh, axles off of those rack, rocks when they fall off the end, but it's, uh, well, it's certainly better to not have it happen, that's for sure. Right, right. Well, most of the most of the trailers nowadays, they float. You know, them aluminum yeah, trailers, as soon as the boat comes off, the trailer they floats pop up. up. So Man, well, you got the right. tires, and yeah, so that's usually not a problem. Well, let's talk about the Ponderosa. We haven't talked about that lately. You got some crawfish down there yet, some ball crawfish? Yeah, yes, so we should. We sure do, uh, except we're going to be out of crawfish today. We ran out last night. We sold our last uh, last bit last night. We'll have some again for Sunday. Uh, what I have is we have a big chili cook-off going on down here this weekend down at Hearts Exxon in Venice, and it benefits Children's Hospital. So every year the Ponderosa Oyster Bar staff slash crawfish cooking staff slash raw red cooking staff <laughs> is is my they, they form my team to cook down there to represent us. So they're going to be down there for the most of the day cooking chili and participating in that cook off. So we're not going to have charbroiled oysters today till probably after five. We won't have any crawfish today, but crawfish will be a regular thing on our menu now from now on till till crawfish season ends. We actually been having really good uh. You know, really good response to it too. We we were packed up last night. I I had to work my butt off last night at the restaurant to help keep up with everything, which is a good thing because it's been relatively slow in January, which we always expect that. But but things are really picking up, and of course those oysters are second to none this time of year. I mean, they really they're at their prime, you know, all time prime now for the next for the next month or so, and then. Of course, you know, then they'll go into their spawning mode where they, where they get kind of milky and stuff like that. And you really just want to eat them. Most people want to eat them cooked. But right now, the raw oysters are flying off the shelf. Always something good in Louisiana, no matter what season it is. Mitch, uh, thanks for the report. Give us your telephone number down at Delta Marine in case somebody wants to call for any kind of info. All right. The telephone number is 504-657-5116. And my friendly staff is waiting on you to call as we speak. Sitting there right. dipping shrimp out of the tank and you know, looking forward to a really good a nice weather weekend. Uh it's a little breezy this morning, still a little chilly, but 
But I think as the day goes on and that sun comes up, it's going to get really nice. And, and come on down to the Delta Marine or after you're fishing, come, come eat at the Ponderosa. We, won't, we will not disappoint you. All right. Next time we'll compare notes. I'm going to set up turkey blinds today and do a little bit of scouting, ah, and we'll compare notes on that. I'm, I'm ready for that. I, I, Don, the last deer hunt I made, I saw 11 swinging beard gobblers hanging out together. <laughs> Yeah. And they better stick around. I'm telling you, they were they were dragging the ground when they walked by. I said, "Oh my goodness!" They were just feeding out in the field in front of me. In fact, they kept me in the stand till almost noon because I did not want to spook them at all. I had no. to wait till they walked off. Yeah, <laughs> great sport. Maybe so, one of the best things yep. ever to hunt. Mitch, we'll talk I next time. Believe. Thanks again. We appreciate your reports. Thank you, Don. Have a great one. All righty, Mitch Jurisich down at the Delta Marina. Coming back, it's Daryl Carpenter's turn. He's with RealScreamers.com. Got a Grand Isle area report coming up next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we're joined now by Captain Daryl Carpenter, RealScreamers.com, and updates us on the Grand Island surrounding area. Daryl, how's the fishing been? Boy, we had some fog this week. I can only imagine how it was down there. Well, you know, Don, for, for how many years has the Grand Isle sales pitch been no fog, no logs? So you you know you know whenever Grand Isle starts telling you it's fogged in, then everywhere else is going to be fogged in bad, and we were all week. Uh, about the only fishing that really took place that I'm aware of is on the side of the road, and it was kind of an up and down thing. I mean, the weather's just been crazy on us. Uh, it hasn't settled into any one pattern. The I would say it's been the side of the road's been average, uh, maybe a little bit below average the last week or so. It should, today's going to be a great day. I mean, the, the wind, I finally heard the wind stop howling last night. I was able to sleep through the night. Um, so the wind's calming down on us a little bit. The water, amazingly, the water just was not that dirty. I mean, with all the weather we've been having, I expected it to be nothing but chocolate milk. But you had 8, 10 inches of visibility up against the bulkheads here the, uh, the last couple of days. So, I mean, I... I, I think it's going to be a decent weekend. I think it's going to be Sunday's going to be a great day to get out of the water. You you in that marsh, you're going to have pockets of dirty water that you're just going to have to run around. But you know the few trout, redfish have been good. And hey, if not, just bring you a bag of shrimp. And the sheephead are in thick, thick right now, so you can always make a day of it. It might not be what you wanted, but you can definitely make a day of it. And you're going to spend a wonderful time all day long on the water. You know. Yep. Now, this time of year, it, it, it gets pretty uh, hectic out there in the Gulf. Are you getting any reports yet, early reports on the tuna? I know we talked about Wahoo, and that's been pretty good so far. What about the tuna? Yeah. The Wahoo has shown up really good. I haven't heard I haven't heard a whole lot of reports coming off of either one of those lumps. Um, I did see my buddy Gray put up some pictures of some big fish. If if those were current pictures, I can tell you that the, the size of that fish, it definitely came off of that lump. Um, it's due to bust loose just any time now. The problem they're going to have there, and I think what's going to end up killing that is the daggum sharks. You know, we you, you're catching, at some point, you're catching six tuna to get one of the boat because the other five are getting eaten on the way to the boat with sharks. It's almost to the point that, you know, if I was still fishing offshore, you got to pay you a decoy boat. Something, something to get a quarter of a mile from you and chum like hell to get all the sharks away from you. And uh, hopefully you catch the tuna because they really need to do something with these with this overpopulation of sharks we're getting. 
Well, they did relax the commercial take on them. They're going to give the commercial fishermen more sharks. I don't know if that'll be enough. Maybe they should do something else. But, yeah, it's definitely become uh, more of a problem uh, over the late later years with those sharks out there just tearing up everything. Darrell, uh, anything else we need to talk about out there? What's going on uh, with the, uh, the, the talk about the speckled trout down there? Well, Don, uh, you know, everybody is still on hold. The part, of, the part that a lot of people are missing on this is this thing still has to go. From what I understand, the, the political process is the decision made by the committee still has to go to the governor. The governor has veto authority over it. So we are waiting to see what that does. My understanding is they've got a 10-day window to get it on the governor's desk. So before there's any real reaction, you know, we're waiting to see that. Now, with Grand Isle, I can tell you, and everybody around here with the problems that we have, uh, nobody wanted that 13-and-a-half. Uh, and we fully believe that in the Barrett area, Lafouche area, that your release mortality when you start getting into our summertime fishing is a good 90% or better. Um, just, yeah. I mean, you throw anything back and the dolphins are eating it. The dolphins are actually hiding under the boat waiting on it. Darrell, we we, we got to run. We're short on time. We'll pick this up next week with you and talk some more about it. Thanks again. We appreciate it. Our number two is next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.